Interesting, interesting week this week. And then there were four. And then there were four. Two matches only this weekend, and now two matches coming up in the coming week. So some quick, quick ones. Probably not going to be a very quick, uh, very long podcast. I'm reckoning about the half an hour. Let's see how we go. But we always uh, start with our sponsor for the week. And this week, and this week, our sponsor is the Toy Catcher. Yes, so look, I'm sure most of you out there all have kids. I've just had one myself. We're about to. Uh, start having to deal with this problem. So I'm sure all of you guys have kids that like to throw the toys out of the cot. So this toy catcher is basically a net that you will attach to the side of the cot. So if you do get a big, big sucking baby that decides to throw the toys out of the cot, then have no fear. This is going to catch them and just send it right back in there. So they don't get the satisfaction of being able to just throw everything around and crack a hissy fit. So the toy catcher is a very exciting product that they've brought out. Another one that they also have is a uh, one to, to stop people throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So basically it catches the baby, but also lets the water rush out. So you can throw the bathwater out, but it saves the baby. So very good. It kind of works in two different ways with having a baby there. So you've got one that saves the cot, the, the toys going out of the cot, and also saves the baby. So really good double use of this here. So really primary use is the toy catcher, but can also be used to save throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So there you go, guys. The toy catcher now, the toy catcher now available at any Toys R Us, Babies R Us, or Amazon. And with that great sponsor out the way, so we really appreciate our sponsors each and every week because obviously without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do on this great establishment of a podcast. But with those out of the way, we turn our attention to only the two matches that we have this week. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Alrighty, we have first cab off the rank, Braden Dob Squad, 1270, defeated by Kane Angry Midgets, 1339. So we have our first straight sets loss this week. Braden bows out after losing both weeks to Grant and to Kane. So he's lost to the, the two printer boys themselves, although Kane's now going to chimney sweeping, but he's lost to those two boys this week. So not good by, by Dobbs here. And if we look at how it basically transpired, Dobbs had the three players score 100, short 101, short, short 100, really 101, Petraka 282. But I'm going to cast your eyes to the, the bench because we all saw it. Well, Maybe he didn't see it, but we all saw it. He had Wilkie, 134 on the bench. Barras, 149 on the bench. You Look, I'm not a great mathematician, but there's definitely some uh, some points left wanting on the bench there, especially after early Friday night when you've gone, okay, I've got 134 on the bench. Surely someone shit like a Bose or something like that, or even an Isaac Smith, I could get rid of those guys, put someone who's not playing on there, and just ride that 134. But clearly he backed himself in. Did not work, unfortunately. Even though Track went 284 and did all he could, it just uh, bows a 45 is not enough to get the job done in the end. And bows one of his worst players, as well as Isaac Smith, Zach Bailey, just not doing well on 26 and 52, respectively, for those guys. Just not getting the job done. And for Kane, 1339. So fair, fair whack from his 1700 that he pulled last week. But look, he got the job done. He's in through to a prelim, so I don't think he's caring about that at all. He started off really well with McRae, 256 as his captain, and then had some pips up with Vlosten, 141, Blitzars, 102, Rosie, 116, but that's the only tons for him. So he'd be hoping for some better scores coming into the prelim this week, but not many bad scores. He had Williams on 49, his Ruckman, but he's got McInerney back now. He also got Rich back as well, so he got some, some good players coming in. 
Schultz 62, Bolton 55. You'd be hoping better from that. Those are his three worst players. So you look at the three worst of a 49, a 51, and a 62, and a 55 for his worst versus the 45, the 26, and the 52. That shows you that the, the bottom six is one of those ones where it comes to finals, the bottom six is almost as important as the top six. So a win from Kane now sees him come up against Scotty. So we have a very exciting match between Kane, the Angry Midgets are coming from eighth, almost done and dusted, and has just gone bang, bang to now make it into the prelim against Scotty, who was uh, the n- number two consensus for this one and managed to sneak his way, well, not sneak his way, managed to demolish his way through to a prelim. So Scotty's second prelim in two years, hoping to make it to grand finals in two years. And for this one, it's Kane's first prelim, I believe, and first grand final if he makes it. So he will definitely be hoping he can get the chocolates on this one. The next match, boy, oh boy, where are we? We had James Unagi, 13-22, coming down to the wire, defeating Lachlan the Big Fish, 13-13. Whew. Tell you what, the <laughs> squeaky bums is, does not does not just put this to justice. I was stressing. You asked Belinda, I was, oh, I was pacing. I was. I had to get to get a beer in that last quarter because I was stressing. It was just, it was not looking good. I was worried. I was so worried coming into that last one. Redmond basically almost won the game off his own boot for Lockie, but somehow won by nine points. Get around the lad. If you all saw my video on uh, on the Facebook chat, you knew I was happy. Couldn't make too much noise because of a uh, little one sleeping, but I was up and about and really all started on that Friday night for me. Ed Richards, 114. Billings, 105. Trelaw, 99. Just getting the job done. Obviously, Hill needs a talking to. 26, my worst score, clearly. But I had uh, other hundreds of Maynard, 109. Green, 100. Doherty not good enough and uh, 186 and Houston 109. So a lot of hundreds, but not the deep ones that I would uh, require. But one, two, three, four, five hundreds. So enough to get what I needed done. But then uh, realistically, Hill and Mount Rail and 58 were the two to let me down. Those guys score normal and uh, I'm done and dusted easily, easy peasy. But unfortunately, no, actually not unfortunately. Fortunately, they didn't didn't cop me. Return to Lachlan's team, the big fish, Gresham. Jones, Marshall, English all struggled on that early Friday night. Put me in a good spot. Lockie Neal, 242, doing what he needed to do to get the job done. Walsh, 126, his boy, doing what needed to be done. Redmond, 152, almost doing the impossible and getting the job done. But that was all, those are his three shining lights, realistically. You can say Kennedy, 96, did pretty good for him as well, but that's that's it. I'm not, uh, not true coating this. This rest of this team is bad. One, two, three, four five, six, seven other players not even scoring an 80. I only had one, two, three players not score 80. So there you go. Lockie's poor, poor players letting him down. Uh, captain did his best. My captain struggled. But uh, unfortunately, just two left, left a few, too little left, a too few. English 51. Ainsworth 37. He'll be fuming on that one. He'll be very, very unhappy with those ones. But uh, unfortunately... Lockie has now, fortunately for me, Lockie has now been eliminated. And I, James Unagi, now come up against Grant, the wrecking ball, in a battle for the Legassics to go through to the grand final. So no matter what, a Legassics going through to the grand final, and boy, that feels good. Not overly uh, happy that I'm going up against the old man. I would love to be versing him in the grand final if I had my way. But unfortunately, it's not to be. We'll be versing in the prelim. But one of us will be going through to the grand final. And I am very, very happy right now because Clayton Oliver was named in the side. So unless he gets a laid out, get around the Oliver boy. Oh, just, he did it did it this weekend without him. Who needs Oliver? No Oliver, no problems. Gets just absolutely usurps Lockie there. He's coming back. He's gonna be he's gonna be prime. A week after rest, just get rid of those little niggles. He is gonna be 
absolutely firing this weekend. You better pencil that game in to watch that one because that is going to be a fantastic set tonight against the Doggies. Watch him just have his own ball or watch him shoot the bed. Either way, either way, it's going to be exciting to see how he tracks because that's what it's all about. It's all about big Clayton Oliver. But with those matches quickly out of the way, as I said, only the two matches to review, we now turn our attention to the interviews that I have conducted as of last week. Again, we go to the guys who won because these are only the opinions that matter. So the first one is Kane, obviously, and then myself coming up. So questions I asked for the pod was, you've just made your first prelim for Kane. How did it feel to dispose of Dobbs in straight sets? Hey there, Jim. Kane from the Angry Midgets. We are into a prelim and our... Oh, Kane. Oh, no, it's happened again. Let's see how he goes. I might, uh... <laughs> Hey, Jim, the midgets are into the prelim, and our disproportionate heads are getting so big, it's a struggle to fit through the fucking door. To make it to my first prelim and dispose of dogs in straight sets was bloody unreal. I was pretty confident at the start, and thank fuck Dobbers didn't put Wilkie on the ground. Commiserations to Dobbers. He had a good season, just not good enough when it counted. Definitely not. And the next question I had was, up against the second on the ladder, Scott, do you think you can cover him? In regards to this... He's been consistent all year, and when I look at the teams, he's very strong, and I think I'd rather have his. But the midgets are angry, and we're ready to prove the doubters wrong. Let's go! All right, something up with the audio there early on. That's fine. We'll just keep running with it because that's what we do on this podcast. We're a very well-established, well-oiled machine. And then next question was, who would you rather win between me and Grant? Out of your good self and the wrecking ball, I'd rather take on the G-banger himself, the wrecking ball. He's been the best all year, and to be the best, you've got to beat the best. That said, to play you and to win after some scaling at the end would taste extra sweet. First, I have to take care of Scotty, and then who knows, the midgets are angry and ready for anything. Yes, and Kane's referring to the 1440 that I got scaled up to beat him after the game, so a very, very interesting game the last time we played. It came down to about four points, I'm pretty sure, I scaled after the game to win, so understandably, he would be fuming with that one, so obviously wants to get the job done against either one of us, Grant, someone he used to work with, and me, someone who's pipped him, but like he said, he's got to get past Scotty first, and unfortunately... I don't have the predicted scores because I'm uh, not cashed up enough to get that going. But looks are like there's actually a pretty interesting game here. We've got, unfortunately, Scotty again copped an injury with Lob out. He's got Lob out, Stewart out, and Daniel out on the bench. So he's going to be hoping that the guys he's got backing up can get the job done on that one. Realistically, looking over his team, he's got a pretty decent midfield. He's got Sarong, Amira can do pretty well. He's got Boku, everyone knows, goes pretty good, and Steele as his captain in this week. So... Shuey as well to throw in there. Good week of, uh, of, of midfielders there. And then we turn our attention to his defense. And this is the one that's been decimated. But he's got Ellis. He's got Swallow. He's got Battle, who he picked up, who's had a few good weeks, and Witherden. So interesting to see how that makeshift defense holds up. But they've been looking pretty good the last few weeks. And the forward law of Rick Hickey as well in that ruck spot. So I learned Laddam. So Hickey probably going to do a pretty good job. Probably an 80 to 100 operator, I would think. But the forward line, he's got Heaney. Papley, Dixon, and Rankin. So I reckon that's where the that's where the one lies for, for, for Scotty. He's got the guys that can go big. In like Heaney can go big. Papley went big a few weeks ago. Dixon can go big. And Rankin, if he gets under three or four, he's looking pretty good and dangerous. But all of those 
probably could go missing as well. So that's the interesting one for Scotty. He's got the the good the good by good guys all defense all the defense holding pretty firm considering the injuries. Midfield is just gonna tick along and do what they normally do. That forward line though, that's where it's gonna be interesting because they could be mammoth or could be minimal. And as for Kane, the angry midgets, he he got pretty lucky this week. He's got Rich back, who hasn't put on the field yet. Oscar McGinnity's back as well. So he's got some pretty good movement there. So we'll see what he does in terms of moving his team around. But defense, Vlosten, Blitzars, May and Howe, or Rich, whichever one he wants to do. He's got some very good defensive options there. It's probably one of the better defenses going around there. So he'll be really, really hoping they can carry him and they can start that drive off halfback to get him that victory. And his midfield, he's got Brayshaw, the uh, N, the Brayshaw, the Fremantle variety. He's got Noah Anderson. He's got Jack Viney, McRae, and Callum Ward. So two absolute cream of the crops in Brayshaw and in, uh, and McRae. Hoping those guys can get the job done. But even Viney's been putting some good scores together. And who knows about the rest of them? We'll have to wait and see if they can uh, can keep it going. And the forward line of Bolton, same thing. Boom or bust. Mitch Lewis, boom or bust. Rosie. He's been putting together a good month of football. He's probably a boom, you'd think. And then following up that final forward spot is Schultz. So not a good option there. So he's got, look, he's, same thing with Scotty, realistically. The, the boom or bust is the, the forward line, realistically. It's probably going to come down to whoever's forward line can go bigger because they've both got the options of pulling out 30s and 40s or 130s and 140s. So that's where the real interesting one's going to come up to. And for myself and the wrecking ball, look, Obviously, we know how good my team is. It got the job done against Lockie. It got it beat the unbeatable, whereas Grant is currently the unbeaten. So it's going to be a very interesting game. The Legastics are going to be... It's going to be a hot contest in the Legastic house. Luckily, I'm not living there. Otherwise, one of us would be full-on cracking the shits, I reckon, come Sunday. But we're going to break down Grant's team now. So he's got Sicily, the captain, on defense there. Makes sense that he's sixth overall in total. Sicily. Then he's got Harris Andrews, who we acquired. He's got Saad and Hearn. So a pretty good... Pretty strong defense there, really, especially with Sicily, Andrew Saar, both all pulling out pretty good scores. Midfield, he's got Blake Akers, he's got Warner, he's got Crisp Lipinski and Gaff all there. So probably maybe some movement there because Kelly's out for him, so he's had to sort of shuffle some things around. Look, is Gaff, Warner, they going to be the ones that are going to be able to just get the job done for him? We'll have to wait and see how that turns out. And his forward line... He's got, uh, sorry, he's got he's got Moore, Dylan Moore. He's got Close, not good. He's got Tom Hawkins, and he's got Jamie Elliott. So he's got some good options there in the forward line. Hawkins and Moore, probably his two guys that are just going to pop in, get the job done. Close, don't know, Elliott, don't know either. And Bruce is the ruck, pretty much guaranteed 100 from him because that's what he does each and every week whenever he plays. So he's got a pretty good-looking overall team there. And for myself, start from the defense. Oh, it's just going to get better and better the more I read it. Doherty, oh, what a man. Houston, oh, Maynard, probably one of the better last months he's played. Atkins, oh, got it around him. And then Oliver in the in the midfield. Oliver, the captain. Tom Mitchell, do something, you shit bloke. Raoul, do something, you fatty. Billings, Dacos, yeah, not liking those ones. Realistically, Clayton Oliver's holding that midfield together. The Ruck, Jared Witts, get around the big man. Oh, get around him, what a man. The Rutherfords, Trelaw, Toby Green, Cripps and Hill. Bit of a uh, bit of uncertainty there as well with uh, Hill doing poor. Toby Green can go big or bad. Cripps is getting some pretty good form in the last month. And Trelaw, God, you get around, get around the bike. You just love him. He's so bloody good. So that's my my one sitting there. So an, another interesting one there in terms of those scores. So I have to wait and see how the how the quick runs with those ones. So there we go with that one. So some very interesting 
matchups there. It's going to obviously come down to the last Sunday as always. So me and Grant both have, I think, about six or seven players all playing on that Sunday. So that's going to be the big one for both of us. And if we go to Kane and Scotty, I think there's not as many. Kane's pretty much finished by that Friday. I think he's only got one player on the Sunday. So he'll be sitting back hoping, hoping that Kane, that he's got enough points in front for Scotty not to be able to chase because Scotty is going to have, let's have a look here. He's going to have, Scotty's got four, including his captain of steel, all playing on that Sunday while Kane only has the two. So it's going to be a five, basically a five versus two on that Sunday. So Kane needs to get a real big lead ahead of him coming into that Sunday. But that's going to have to wait and see what happens there. So with those ones out of the way and hopefully some predicted scores coming shortly, we now turn our attention to some other things we've got going on. One thing is actually a brand new segment we have just brought in, just hot off the press, literally happened minutes ago. We've actually got something that's just only just come about in the last week or two. It is Bryza's Kiss of Death. So yes, a pod first, a world first, Bryza's Kiss of Death coming at you live on the Throw the Damn Towel podcast. So here, take it away, Bryza. Okay, you ladies in throwing the towel, how are you all going? I know you haven't heard much from me lately, but I just thought I'd jump in as a kiss of death again. Last week was a real stinger. Bad luck for Lockie. Sadly, he got the kiss of death and he uh, he had to bite the bullet and bow out in straight sets. But never mind. Uh, we haven't seen from him or heard from him again, so... Hopefully he'll return next year. This week, oh, I thought my first game I would have a look at would be the father and son combo game. Pretty good game, pretty good lineup. Jimmy's got a bit up his sleeve as in the way of a projected score. Um, I think Yunagi um, might just get up in this one. Hopefully he'll, he'll roll the old man. And um, go straight into the grand final. Very happy with Oliver back. I reckon he would be. I don't want to preview all the teams because I know that'll be done. But um, I just think that uh, the wrecking ball, it's come. It's smashed your team to pieces. And it's going to happen this week. Uh, When we look into the second game, seventh heaven. The team that I predicted would finish third. Um, yeah, pretty easy to look at there. Uh, angry midgets, straight in. Easy done. Be over very early. Uh, Scotty, you don't even have to worry about it. By, I reckon by Saturday night, Scotty, just drop your pants and let him penetrate into you because it'll be all over. Hopefully you outscore Wrecking Ball and you finish third like I told you you would and then you can come up and tell me I was correct. Um, so that's about all I've got. Good luck to the uh, four people left. Sorry for the losers. Um, but uh, it's so nice and pleasant not to have Lockie voicing his opinions in our, in our chat at this stage because he just um, threw all the toys out of the con. All the kids at the story's house are very upset. They've got no toys anymore. They're all being broken and stomped on and everything. And... Um, that's it. That's all we'll hear about him till next year. Probably come back as a sardine next year. So um, instead of big fish, just come back as sardine in a tin. All right. We'll catch up with you all later. Good luck. See you. 
Yes, well, thank you very much for that, Bryson. Very, very good. I really appreciated that one, actually. Very, very good. But I just actually want to bring to light something that he just mentioned. He just mentioned that, that Lachlan actually threw the toys out of the cot last week, which actually very, very luckily coincides with our sponsor that I mentioned earlier in the early episode. So maybe Lachlan might be a good guy to uh, jump online to the uh, www.toysavers.com uh, and you can probably actually get it direct rather than going to a Toys R Us or a Babies R Us. Get it direct from that website, Lockie, because they might even do free shipping, especially if you use the promo code, uh, promo code T. T-T-D-T, so throw the damn towel, you T-T-D-T, and you will get free shipping on that website. So there you go, Lockie, that's a good option for you. Probably uh, probably required based on what's that, what I've heard. And breaking news, actually. Another more breaking news. We've got some interesting, interesting predicted scores coming in this week. So I've actually got some sent through from one of my uh, one of my colleagues in the other, in the, in the draft league. We've actually got predicted scores of myself, 1,500 to Grant, 12... This is rough. I'm guessing he's giving me roughs because it looks like it's too too nice and pretty to be true. We've got myself, 1,500 to Grant, 1,250. Not looking good for Grant there, but Oliver's probably predicted to score 700, so we'll temper that excitement there. And Kane, 1,400 to Scotty, 1,300. So a closer one there, but very, very interesting. So those predicted scores could very well be the difference. Will they continue to stay that way? Will things change? Will Oliver's 475 be halved to 300 when he only scores 100? Time will tell. We've got some very interesting things to wait and see with that one. But, obviously, without much further ado, that is probably most of what we have time for. I've kind of rambled on a little bit. Actually, no, it's not all we have time for. Sorry, I, uh, I, I digress. I have my own questions to answer. So the first one, obviously, we've all we've gone and gone all over the place here. I got a bit too excited to talk about matchups, and we've just gone completely just skew if on this one. So first question for myself is I've made my first prelim in a couple of weeks, couple of years. It's probably been about three or four years since I've made my last prelim. How did it feel to dispose of Lockie in straight sets? And it's, I don't look, not many of, not, I don't think many of us have disposed of Lockie in a prelim or any final, let alone in straight sets. Obviously the bloke's won two out of five. He's, he's a pretty good operator in the way he operates in finals. So last year he didn't make finals. So there's only two other people I think that have disposed of him in a final, let alone straight sets. So how does it feel to knock him off in straight sets? It feels so good. Words cannot describe how good it felt. On that Sunday night, I was absolutely shitting at myself. I'm not going to lie. I thought I was, look, I'm not going to throw, I wasn't going to throw the tail in, but I was worried. I was very stressed. I thought I had it, thinking my two boys of Wits and Rao would cover Anderson, uh, sorry, Ainsworth and, Redmond easily within that first first quarter or 10 minutes in the first quarter and Redmond was on about 40, I started to worry. I thought, this uh, this is not looking the way it is to. I needed my boys to pick it up, but thankfully Ainsworth didn't do anything and I managed to hold on. And to hold on in that sort of fashion with an eight-point lead, getting a nine-point in the end, it it felt so good. I was relief. It was beverages I had. There was the champagne. I almost popped. I almost wanted to go out and buy a bottle of $100 champagne just to pop it and celebrate. It was... It was ecstatic. I was there was air punches. I was this ask Belinda. There was a lot of excitement had. Luckily, we already had a baby. Otherwise, we would have made another one. That's all I'm saying. It was exciting. And now to get through to the prelim, hopefully to get to my first grand final and to beat Lockie in straight sets. I don't know. It's never not like I said. I don't think else has done it. It feels bloody good. Feels bloody good. The next question I've got is up against number one on the ladder, the undefeated Grant. Do I think I can cover him? This answer basically became a lot more simple. I get well, not simple, but a lot easier to answer 
with Oliver named. As long as he still he plays, I give myself a very, very good chance because Oliver, until he was out with that finger, was the informed player of the of the competition. Currently on a three and five round average of over 140, 146, 143 last three, last five. He is all over everybody else in the competition. No one else is coming close to him for both of those last three, last five. He's got there's a few guys in the 140s for the last three, but no one really close in the last five, apart from Rory Laird in the 130s. So no one knocking down. He's got about almost 10 extra points for the last three, last five every week. He is smashing it, especially when you look at Sicily in the 110s, last three, last five. So I've got him realistically. They all score what they're meant to score. I'm banking on another 30 to 40 points at least. Will it happen? Hopefully it'll happen. That That's where I reckon that's where it gives me that edge. It gives me that bonus buffer that I'm going to get from him to really give me that extra little bit. But I'm going to need, as I mentioned before, before with that first match, it's those bottom six that matter in finals. They talk about it in the grand final. It's always how your bottom six go is what's going to get you that job. So for me, it's guys like Hill. It's guys like Cripps, Dacos, Billings, and Rao probably are my bottom five. Those guys are the ones that are going to have to score the 70s, 80s to give me that chance for my top echelon players to get the job done. So that's, I think, I can get the job done. It's going to be closer than that predicted score set it was, but I think because of Oliver as that bonus captain and the other guys scoring well enough, I can get that job done. And who would I rather win between my between Kane and Scotty? And no offense to Scotty at all, but I would love a all-newbie grand final, which we had last year. I would love to see Kane and either myself or Graham, whichever one, because none of us have been in it. I would love an all-newbie grand final because as much as I would love... <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm changing my mind as I go because also having Scotty a two-time champ might mean Lockie has to shut the fuck up about it because he won't be the only one. And Scotty going back-to-back -back would be pretty immense, especially considering he came early on. Uh, it was pretty. He's been pretty dominant all year. So I was going to go with my option of Kane just because, no offense, Scotty, I would love you to win. If you hadn't won one, I'd be rooting for you, but you've already won one last year. You've had the glory. We want the new guys. We want two new guys in this in this league to get a chance to play off. So that's my only reason for picking Kane. Uh, and if Scotty does make it, look, I'm rooting for you to go back to back because that would be pretty immense and would almost give you bragging rights over Lockie. So you've done it in the harder part of the competition when the two when the league's gone bigger. Lockie won one early when there's only 12 of us or whatever it was. Now we're up to 16. So you've actually you've won it in the harder part. Is it 14? How many in the league? 14. 14. When he did it, yeah, he'd done it twice with 14. Whereas Lockie did it once with a 12 or whatever it was. Once or twice, once with a 12, once, you know, with a 14. So he's, you know, he's kind of done it. With, he's like the Hawthorne of 2015 when you did it, whenever all the expansion was coming in. You've done it when it's the hardest, when everyone's vying out for that 18 spots. So, I don't know, a roundabout way to say I'm going for Kane because I'm going for two newbies to make the grand final because no matter what, me or Grant, one of us is making the grand final as a newbie. And with that out of the way, guys, we have basically finished up this episode. But obviously, last week I mucked up. I didn't get to Mardo soon enough. This week I made it a priority to make sure he was the first person I messaged because we all know that we need Mardo bets on this app, on this podcast, because this is where the money is at. This is free money basically every week because there are mega Mardo bets weekly for this guy. So this guy is just, he's just throwing money away. Like, don't worry about sports bet or points bet or lad brokes or any of those ones that block you. No one has been blocked from Mardo bets. So this is surefire way to make money with those mega Mardo bets. So let's take it away. Let's see who, what the bet makers are saying about this league. Take it away, Mardo. Lick my doodle, it's Mardo bet time. And this week we have head-to-head -head odds on both preliminary finals and each team's premiership chances. 
First up, it's Grant's Wrecking Ball versus James's Unagi. Last time they met was all the way back in round three, and we know the Wrecking Ball won by over 150 points. Unagi has been red hot though in finals and could be peaking at the right time. With a home final and undefeated season to date, though, the Wrecking Ball goes in $1.30, favourite to Unagi $2.90. Just going to jump in right here, lads. Oh, he's going to Grant's the one to win there. But just going to put it out there. I am, at the moment... Call me David because I am beating De Goliath right now. I have beaten Wusty twice over the last month. I have beaten Kane. I have beaten Scotty and I've beaten Lockie. So over the last month, that's four of the top, well, you know, top six to eight players in the league. So I am absolutely smashing blokes left, right and centre. So I'm giving myself big, big chances to get the job done against Grant. So load up on me. I'm feeling lucky. Next up, it's Kane's Angry Midgets versus Scott's 7th Heaven. Last time they met was back in round six where Angry Midgets went big, scoring just shy of 1,500 and won comfortably. Can it be a repeat? Martovet is finding it really hard to split them, but after Scott's last round performance in a home final, we're giving him a very small advantage at $1.74 versus Kane's $2.12. To the Premiership odds now. First half Wrecking Ball undefeated, $1.50 to win it. Seventh Heaven, $2.50. Angry Midgets, $3.50, and Unagi with the harder matchup this week at $4. Can Grant keep the dream alive, or will he choke like the 99 Bombers? Can 7th Heaven keep a back-to-back dream alive? Can Unagi and Angry Midgets defy the odds and take out the last top four teams after sending Dolph Squad and Big Fish out in straight sets like the 2014 Cats? If you think you know, place your bet by downloading the Mighty app from the App Store. All T's and Z's apply, and as usual, gamble responsibly. Beautiful, Marta. Always appreciate everything you do for this podcast. You keep us going each and every week, and we greatly appreciate it. But that is all we have time for. Short, sweet. I reckon we're ticking about that 30 minutes, guys. I reckon I've almost nailed that one here. Nice and short, because obviously we don't have a, a big guest to come in and, and talk and split the time with us, so it's just me rattling on nonsense for you know, 20, 30 minutes at a time. But I'd like to thank all of you for listening. I'd like to thank all of our guests for piping on. We had some pretty amazing new segments here. We had obviously we had Kane coming on, thanking us, giving us a preview of what he said. We had Marto Bet as always, giving us the great odds and the great info in it and the great information that he put on. And also we had Bryce's Kiss of Death, a very brand new segment, first worldwide on the podcast here. Obviously he put it in the group last week, but this way we got a first-hand thoughts of what's going on with the Kiss of Death, a first-hand account. So we like to thank Bryce for that one with the Kiss of Death coming in, and hopefully. Look, it was wrong last week. I'm hoping it's right this week. Let's go get around all the players playing this weekend. Let's all just enjoy football. We've got two massive games, two preliminary finals, and they always say prelims are almost as good or better if than the grand final. So we are hoping for some very close games. We've got some very interesting ones. We've got uh, we've got Angry Midgets with McRae going up against Scotty, who's, who obviously follows Bulldogs, so that's a very interesting one there. McRae goes big. Scotty's happy, but he's not happy. All the interesting stuff there. But you've also got Grant versus James, father versus son. We've got some very, very exciting matches coming up right around the corner. And it happens, obviously, tomorrow night, depending on when I release this. Could be today. Could be tomorrow night. Who knows? Today, tonight, with Sandra Sully. That's not who it is. I don't know who it is. Jennifer Colt, like somebody. I'm excited. I'm tired. I'm getting out of this place. I have been your host, James Legasic, And this was Throw the Damn Towel, the finals review, replay, review, preview week something I've forgotten and that's me done thank you very much no it's not no it's not I'm back I just completely just abandoned the run sheet not that I have a right run sheet but it, the run sheet in my head completely abandoned we have forgotten one of the most important parts of this show 
And yes, you've guessed it. It is the worst coach of the week, the Wow, who threw the damn towel. We all know. it's It could not be any clearer. Look, obviously, I could split it to both and say, look, it was Dobbs. He scored worst. He he didn't give up a whole lot, but he came on. He was gallant in his loss. He said, hey, look, I understand. Came, came one. Well done. Good on you. He was gallant. He, he, he tipped his hat. He said, look, he went out in straight sets. Sucks. But no one has done what Lockie has done. He's come on. He threw out a big, big rant. Copy and paste sort of stuff. Written it there. Posted the rant. Post something else, left the chat. He's just gone and just gone completely MIA, full ghost, just absolute scenes. So without any shadow of a doubt, for probably two or three weeks in a row, because you guys voted Lockie last week, I put it out there. I thought it may, like, I'll give the option. Lockie last week, Lockie the week before that, Lockie there. He lost to Dobbs, he lost to Grant, he lost to Dobbs, he lost to Scotty, he's lost to me. He's lost three in a row. He's worst coach of the week, three weeks in a row. Unheard of. So now... When he comes out with it now, he's now two-time champ, three-time, three-in-a-row worst coach of the week. He got the hat-trick. Three times worst coach of the week. Unheard of here on the Throw the Damn Tail podcast. So there you go. Not even going to dispute it. Not even going to talk about it. Lachlan, worst coach of the week. There's your hat-trick. Enjoy. Thank God you're not in the chat because you see this is going to be discussed. Maybe they might email you personally. Maybe you might even get a, uh, a telegram, a fax, a carrier pigeon. I don't know. Kiel's is working out ways to get information to you because you won't answer him on the chat. We are going to have to work out a better way to find a way to get contact with you because clearly it's not working the way we're trying. Maybe we can even try finding you uh, at the ladies' tees at any golf club because I'm sure Brian will be there as well. So that's another way, maybe trying to work it out how to find you. But that finally is all we have time for on the Throw the Down Tail podcast. Hopefully, I haven't forgotten anything. Otherwise, you will see me again in a few seconds. I was your host, James Legasic, and we'll see you next for the grand final preview.